0: Hello and welcome to the Billy Shears Club. I'm your host, Caleb Clark, and with me today we have Jordan
1: Need. How are you doing today, Jordan? I'm doing pretty well. I'm really excited to talk about about, uh, these soundtracks. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well, thanks
0: for asking. And yes, indeed, it will be another soundtrack episode. Today we have these two lovely albums for your folks. The Jurassic Park soundtrack by John Williams and the Space Jam soundtrack by various artists. Uh, How about (laughs) you start us off with a little
1: bit about the Jurassic Park there sure thing sure thing well Jurassic Park was uh, composed and conducted by John Williams sure you've heard of him it's kind of a famous guy uh he has worked on many famous works such as the Star Wars films Jaws and uh and Schindler's List and many others uh working very often with Steven Spielberg uh to uh, classic duo the film industry uh, John Williams big on the orchestral sort of music uh, for his soundtracks, and this movie is no different. Uh, this film, uh, this film for him was—he composed this right between *Home Alone 2*, which was in 1992, and *Schindler's List*, which was also 1993. He conduct, uh, composed and conducted the soundtrack for this in. Uh, during uh, the month of February in 1993. Now, it's an interesting one behind this particular soundtrack, an interesting story in that um, John Williams sustained a uh, back injury during the scoring sessions. So some of the cues had to be conducted uh, by other artists, including like Artie Kane and uh, the uh, the score had to actually be orchestrated by John Newfield and, Ale- uh, and Alexander Courage, but this is still very much John Williams' music and his creation. You just had to have other people to help make it, and definitely the, uh, the main—it's it, uh, a main instruments used in this whole thing. It's like orchestral. There's uh there's a lot of percussion. There's harps are used throughout it, some bear horns, and of course, choir, uh, adding in some fun stuff, as well as some interesting woodwinds, such as the shakuhachi and the piccolo oboe. All this, uh, all this uh, made for a soundtrack that was going for both high adventure and beauty, as well as a tense danger that comes with how one might imagine it would be if you saw dinosaurs in real life
0: yeah cool let put good on john williams and his friends for pulling through though
1: yeah let's talk about it so, <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah um the uh I'm uh, sure most people are familiar with two main themes that are very famous. From uh, the sort of da 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 and da 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 You can hear those songs in uh those themes in Theme from Jurassic Park, and Journey to the Island, uh, which is like a nine-minute track that contains both of those themes. Very, very popular, very famous soundtrack as far as they go and for good reason i i do believe they uh very much captured the beauty and awe of a sort of tropical island containing fantastic prehistoric creatures that are just larger than anything anyone has ever seen before on land it's i don't know fascinating stuff yeah
0: yeah i felt a lot of the music definitely really encapsulate that, like, uh, you had mentioned, like, the more of the big fanfares and the softer moments, yeah. Those are, like, the two really strong points which, like you've been saying, like, sort of the majesty and excitement that you get of seeing dinosaurs
1: in real life! Because
0: <laughs> that's one of the big things in the... And, but also, like like, the softer moments, like, that also sort of convey, like, the fragility of it, both in Ooh. how... You know, how contrived it really is to still have dinosaurs millions of years later, but also how small the people feel next to them and that sort of mutual entrancement. And that Ooh. comes up for a lot of them. Like the uh oh, yeah, Welcome to the Jurassic Park and also My Friend the Brachiosaurus. Yeah. Like where it goes into more of the very light piano and uh and yeah. stuff.
1: My friend the Brachiosaurus is a really nice soft one that is has, uh, that has a lot of like a lot of the heart of the film sort of buried in the more subtle slow uh gentler uh songs on the soundtrack but like i i really like the way you put that up like the fragility of it all and on on both sides of that exchange it, it's really interesting i think i think in general the soundtrack really uh really fits its uh really fits the uh theme of the movie very well and really uh Helps tell a little narrative of its own, of its own and like in concordance with the film. It's like it very It starts out very adventurous, very exciting, but then there's like sort of like hinted danger going on, an incident that Isla Nublar and the Raptor attack has some of that tension and danger as well. I also, uh, um, what did you think about like Dennis Steele's embryo in that regard?
0: Oh, that was a really nice one, the because it's you know the scene where. Wayne Knight is sneaking around, taking the eggs and trying to get out of there. And as you know, good sort of villainous sneaky music. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of how I felt throughout the thing. And just for John Williams at large, he's a very good mood composer. Like, Because most of his stuff is for movie soundtracks, so it has to really accentuate what's going on on screen. And so that's really where he shines. And this is really nice
1: in that regard. Uh, I, de- I, I definitely agree. Like... Definitely sets, uh, sets the mood, and uh, like, you know, I mean, there's the special effects that help accentuate a lot of the stuff, but then, like, there's the musical effects that accentuate that all the more. And yeah. John, John Williams is well known uh, because he is really good at pulling that off. I would also like to hi- uh, highlight T Rex's rescue and finale is another of my favorites. It's so just that's like the most bombastic, like, dangerous tension song in the whole uh track and like that one's just really exciting of how it builds up and then has large brassy fanfare going on it's great for a climax i don't know
0: i was like yeah it's definitely tenser but i don't know it's just i wasn't I i wasn't personally as enthralled with the moments that were trying to be tenser on this album and trying to go a little bit darker. Like, to me, they... They felt fine, but, like... Not really William's strong suit, I feel. Like, obviously, he's does great on a few villainous themes like uh, Imperial March and Jaws. But though But, I don't know, like... Those mo, Like...
1: I don't know, those just didn't...
0: The ones on this one didn't just quite hit the same way you know
1: that that's fair and that yeah that's 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 a fair thought um that like they didn't as hard like i personally enjoy them but like i definitely i definitely see that as well like they're they're not they're probably not as they're definitely not as strong and (laughs) as the more majestic as the more us and as the softer um songs are as well I I personally thought they set the mood decently, but yeah, definitely definitely no Jaws uh, sort of uh, Jaws thing going on there. It's like that's not even comparable with some like with some of his other works. Yeah, like the sort of the tension here musically doesn't um, doesn't hit quite as hard. Which thankfully in the movie the dinosaurs did a good enough job themselves. <laughs> yeah,
0: because <laughs> when you see those Velociraptors come around.
1: Bad time, brother. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sir. So, any other strong thoughts or feelings about this particular soundtrack? Uh, I mean,
0: I, honestly, not too much. Like, it is interesting to see how Williams sort of uses his main motifs. Throughout,
1: like that sort of fun thing, but otherwise, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, I feel like you can yeah, definitely nice. you can definitely see a lot of similarities in a lot of Williams's movies. Like, not exactly copying himself per se, but like definitely, it feels familiar for this one <laughs> compared to his other adventurous um uh, his other adventurous soundtracks and all that for other films. I guess that i don't know if it's fair to say that he is like overly
0: similar it's more if he's just in a genre and that genre is sort of adventure classic movies like uh it would be like saying john philis Sousa's stuff all sounds the same it would be like technically yeah but it's like (laughs) that's because he writes marches the guy the guy does what he does
1: (laughs) yeah 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 that's fair that's fair.
0: I have it, oh uh, I had a couple other sort of like minor notes uh sure thing i I get some uh good bassoon riffs, and I like the sort of very you know classic prehistoric dinosaur type sounds on a uh, jurassic park gate those,
1: yeah. those those were those were really cool yeah sound effects used in the like created from the soundtrack itself so. Really cool thing, and um, yeah, apparently, like, synthesizers were used in the music as well to help, uh, to help pull that sort of stuff off as well. So, um, I really like really the mixture of uh, synthetic and, like, orchestral music as well. Though. It's, uh, it's kind of like that blending of CGI and live action, where if you hide the, uh, the text stuff enough, you don't notice it as much and it blends in really well with the real Yeah. I honestly
0: hadn't noticed any synthesizers, so that's a huge testament to him.
1: Yeah, yeah, like um it was definitely definitely often uh used to kinda like uh sort of like definitely much subtler and like often using to like double up uh sort of the woodwinds and whatnot. Uh, sort of add, I uh, create harmony, uh, create and solidify harmonies more. Catch, gotcha. catch. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, no, it's interesting. No, it's uh, it's just snuck in there. But yeah. Very nice. uh, any other big thoughts? Any other big thoughts? I mean, it's, it's really classic. It's really good. It was uh, nice to hear some of the other songs in the track. I feel like it get underappreciated. Um, incident, Island, Nublar, and uh, really and fun things to, to listen to and look back to, uh, including uh, uh, Dennis Steele's The Embryo, also. Was, it's just uh, listening to the soundtrack really puts, uh, puts me in the mood of a fun adventure and, like, it. Uh, it's just a, it's a good nostalgic time. But it holds up. Yeah.
0: Couldn't put it my, better myself. With that being said, time to come on to the Space Jam. So, a little background. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this All actually right. has a really fun story. So, in the early 90s, there was a Nike commercial where Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny were playing basketball. And some big wig or another was like, hey, that got pretty popular. Let's make a movie about it. And just just for reference, I went around, I did some snooping to try and see how many movies have, you know, started with someone seeing an advertisement and say, hey, we should make an entire, like, TV show or movie. Uh, I found about nine things. And pretty much only two of them got anywhere close to an actual feature-length movie. Those being oh the Andrew movie and the Ernest franchise. And there were a lot of words going around like, cancelled sitcoms and very minor <laughs> anime. But, uh, yeah. So they decided to make this that's movie very where... My... Yeah. They decided to make this... Well, there's also a TV movie about the California Raisins, but that's for another episode. But, uh... Oh, yeah, boy. So... <laughs> So they make this movie where Michael Jordan has to play basketball with the Looney Tunes so that they don't get enslaved by Danny DeVito and apparently the, the filming was actually a little bit tough because there were so many corporate interests involved that kept like trying to change the script and do different things and Michael Jordan was getting kind of frustrated on set because filming a movie is a lot harder than anyone really expects but eventually they managed to make the second installment in the Wayne Knight as an underappreciated and slightly annoying employee Cinematic Universe, Space Jam. It <laughs> became, became a huge cultural phenomenon and actually is probably one of the major sort of pre-Shrek, non- non-Disney animated movies when you start to think about it. So that's probably why so many kids really have big memories of it. There weren't a lot of two movies that were like aimed for kids that were able to get you know a little bit more risque until about like 2001 and even then it wasn't super established so
1: you know oh it's yeah huge. it's one of the few films that combines like animated and like live action people too
0: yeah it doesn't quite measure up the who framed roger rabbit but you know it's there but uh yeah it also uh grossed 230 million dollars with one to six billion dollars in advertising estimates and uh it also Was pretty big for both parties, main parties' careers. Michael Jordan was able to get enough practice just going on the set and shooting cubes while people were animating Bugs Bunny that he was able to get back in shape and come out of retirement. Meanwhile, the Looney Tunes, uh, they got Lola Bunny in the cast now, and this is probably like the highest profile project the Looney Tunes have ever been in. Like, not really the biggest impact for them in terms of creative direction and everything, but definitely like the one thing that most people can go and say, oh yeah, Bugs Bunny was in that. So good for them. And also, it ended up getting an advertising deal with, I forget the company's name, but they made all those uh, gangster Looney Tunes shirts. Not actually the first hip-hop oh, movie, but, uh, Looney Tunes crossover. Apparently, there in the 80s, there was a uh, small hip-hop boutique called uh, Mighty Street Kings, who would make graffiti-style T-shirts of various Looney Tunes characters. But yeah, big movie. It also had, a pretty big sound- also had a pretty big soundtrack. Uh, this one is sort of a compilation of various rappers and R&B singers of the 90s, uh, sold 6 million units, plus uh, I, I Believe I will. I Can Fly became a really big hit. Unfortunately, it was by R. Kelly, but yeah. And so yeah. here we are. Uh, I don't know. What do you oh. want to talk about on here?
1: Well, first of all, I want to say, I always love when you do the backgrounds of these various um, albums, and soundtracks, and whatnot, because, like, that's some really interesting stuff that, like, that's really cool. I'm really impressed by all the digging you did, like, wild, wild, of just, like, these sort of phenomenons that just come together, and, the, like, Space Jam is just such a 90s thing, too. It's like, oh yeah. wow, like, it brought sort of, like, I don't know like like it's such a it's just such a cultural zeitgeist in so many ways and like it's insane that it actually impacted Michael Jordan's career <laughs> as was well, just being such a unique weird thing. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like I don't want to speculate too much, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's like if there it's if it's a fairly big reason why like, you know, it's one of the biggest things Looney Tunes had done like since their heyday back in the 30s and 40s like you know like all the way in the 90s now they're like part of this big movie like I want to be surprised that that kind of helped uh keep them in the cultural consciousness. I oh, haven't seen that view. Lola Bunny's a fun character too. Yeah. Especially enjoyed her in uh in the recent Looney Tunes shows. She's yeah, that kid. was
0: good.
1: <laughs> um but uh as far as the soundtrack like it's very like, it's like you said it's very much a 90s uh compilation of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of r&b a lot of hip-hop and stuff and like a lot of the stuff is good like i really i enjoy fly like an eagle a lot um i um i enjoy uh that's the way i like it a lot i believe i can fly is also awesome unfortunately it is uh r kelly so that's definitely a, a downgrade i do have to say Space Jam is uh my personal favorite on the whole track and I always get hyped listening to it. It's it's just really fun and it's just like it's so that uh it's just like that perfect 90s hype energy for me. And um I'll say like it's uh it's interesting like it's uh not the most thematic uh compilation in my opinion like it does have some like it does have some uh themes of like believe in yourself and like keep going sort of stuff. and also like, hey, we're gonna have a good time, which I feel like fits the movie fairly well. Like it's uh it's definitely not deep by any means. Yeah. And I will be honest, I nearly turned inside out listening to Bug. I uh <laughs> I had a tough time with that. I'm I'm sure some people like it. Some people enjoy it. I uh <laughs> yeah that's uh that's that's my basic feelings on the subject (laughs) like oh boy bugs bunny rapping
0: yeah yeah this was in like youtube comments so like take with uh my daily dosage of sodium but it's been rumored (laughs) that jay-z goes broke buggin
1: but yeah which uh... which is crazy to think like really (laughs) Jay,
0: this wasn't a, you know, billionaire Jay-Z, this is 1996, I need to get money any way I can, Jay-Z.
1: That's, yeah. I mean, fair, but like, I could, I could, uh, why would keep that one on the ghost, <laughs> on the ghost yeah. writing, yeah. Uh, if that, if that were true, I don't know. Yeah, but
0: yeah, I I definitely agree, it's, It's a very strange compilation, let's just say. I would say if I had to generally group them, there were about five groups I would pinpoint. There were about three songs that I was like, legitimately, this is a great song, I love this song, I like this song. There were about four of them where it's like, I'm not the biggest fan, you know, at best it's pretty good, at worst it's a little bit annoying, but, you know, it definitely fits the general idea of making songs for the Space Jam soundtrack, you know, they're very sure. it, high energy and they would appeal to the mostly kid audience. Uh, there were about three where it's like, this is pretty good, but why is it on a soundtrack for children? This is kind of up. <laughs> uh, there were two that were just really dull, and then there was one that I did not like at all. Well, I sort of liked, but it just got really annoying
1: okay okay so i uh if if you make but i would you be so kind as to share um first the one you really did like so i kind of i kind of want to hear you go off on that and then the ones you really liked okay the three that you really uh, liked.
0: okay so the one that i did not like at all unfortunately was basketball jones because it had a very st- tough tough place to start out it's a Cheech and chong cover and like let, let's face it there are two very apropos adages in comedy comedy doesn't age well and if you have to enjoy something while you're high it's probably not that great to to begin <laughs> with so teach and chong aren't exactly a barometer of the great tunes and i mean very white is very smooth on this song about a small child who loves his basketball and Get separated from it because I, it's like the original song was sort of this, you know, sort of spoofing on really serious soul ballads of the, and just you know making it something inane like something the Harlem Globetrotters would put on. And so when you have Barry White actually singing it, you know, there's that gravitas, but also that sort of you know yeah. wink because Barry White is not a very was not a very serious man at this point in his career. But then they had Chris Rock come on. And Chris Rock is not a man who is funny when you have to put on the cape gloves, I feel. (laughs) He's had had brilliant bits, but they usually require a lot more mature audience, let's say. So (laughs) just shouting out Looney Tunes characters did not cut it for me. It goes on for five minutes.
1: (laughs) It goes on way too long. Like I feel like in the film... It's like there's enough stuff going on where like it's kind of in the background and you don't notice that as much. But like uh, on its own, it's mm-hmm. kind of rough. It's just like oh oh my goodness, this thing just keeps going. <laughs> oh yeah, like, I love Barry White's voice. I mean, he's just so smooth. Yeah. I can that part of the song like all day. But yeah, the, the Chris Rock bit was like uh, was sort of funny to me for the first maybe. Verse or two, but then, like, it just got annoying. Yeah. And it was too long for that bit in general. Yeah. And, like you say. Yeah. Oh, Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Oh, I was going to just agree. Yeah. When you're watching it in the movie, I think they actually don't have Chris Rock's parts when they're playing in the movie. So you get to see the lovely acting expressions of Charles Barkley saying, It wasn't a dream. It really
1: happened. <laughs> uh Charles yeah. Barkley, ten out of ten acting. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. No, you're right. I didn't yeah, I don't think you do hear the Chris Rock part. And I think that was a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> um uh, that's fair. So so your favorite ones. The three that you're like, oh yeah, I love these.
0: All right, the two I'm with on you are "Fly Like an Eagle." That's just really nice. You know, Seal's just a really great singer, and he has that good acid jazz groove with the little organ riffs, the nice drumming, and then Bismarcky doing his old karaoke thing on "That's the Way I Like It" with the Spin Doctors. Like, that's just so fun. And the third one is "Hit 'Em High," Monstars Anthem, because it's unironically one of the well, actually, there were a lot of really good posse cuts in the 90s, but it's a very good posse cut. I mean, you have... Be Real, Busta Rhymes, and Method Man on one track, Space Jam.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> that's... <laughs> <laughs> Well, they had to take all the talent, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, and that's another it's thing. They actually dramatic. referenced the movie in the, in the thing.
1: It's perfectly bad. Like... The monsters stole the talent, and then they put it all together. It's just like... It's...
0: And Method Man even method references a state Eisner or whatever Danny DeVito's name is in the movie.
1: <laughs> Which is just really funny to think of. Like, how do they know each other? When did this happen?
0: I mean, I don't know. Method Man just does really well when he has to do a, uh, you know, just a corporate sponsored song. Like, his, his Riddler song for the Batman Forever soundtrack, arguably even better than his... It,
1: Let's work on this. Yeah. I so, yeah, that's, oh. that's fair. And that's a respectable family. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, I would definitely have to say, no, that's the way I like it. Definitely agree with you on that. And fly like a new goal. It's just. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, but like, hit him high. I'll be honest. was It <laughs> wasn't quite as high for me, but like, that's. No, that's I I appreciate I I appreciate it. And I appreciate your uh your enjoyment of it. And it like I it definitely does fit the zaniness in the in that regard of the film. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's fair. But that's uh, fair. I, I would definitely have to say my personal favorites were uh fly like an eagle as well, uh, Space Jam and um unfortunately by R. Kelly, but uh I believe I can fly like those uh those three were just uh like fly like an eagle especially it's just a uh, it's a really nice sort of like dreamlike song um it's kind of hopeful and stuff it's kind of uh it's nice and, and and like you said, the singing is really good and uh space jam for me is just so much fun it's just I can sing along to it and like pop to it all day long. It's absolutely classic and like, I love, I love how the name is the same as the movie. It just like, it just fits really well. <laughs> I believe I can fly is also a, you know, a nice pretty sort of song. That, uh, that I feel like is Feel somewhat similar to fly like an evil eagle and that, um, uh, just kind of like takes you, uh, takes you somewhere. Uh, Somewhere else in a a bit, and has, can have like a sort of dreamlike quality to do it as well.
0: Yeah, let's see those. Yeah, space the Space Jam, the Quad City DJ ones. That was really fun. Like like you say, a very solid jock jam. And they've already like like, like you know very nice, very good hooks. Uh, the the rapping verses they were you know really fun and upbeat sort of. You know, very, you know how like a lot of the 90s sort of dance songs have like the rap verses where they're not saying a lot, but they say it very fast. Like one of those kind of verses that just keeps oh, yeah. the party going. Yeah, I felt a little bit, oh, I felt yeah. that went a little bit too long. Like maybe keep it to three and a half or four minutes rather than the full five. And also, I have to, probably,
1: agree. I have to agree with you on that. It, it did yeah, go on it, a little too long, yeah.
0: Yeah. But overall, it's, it's fine. It's definitely in the upper regions for me. I Believe I Can Fly. I'm honestly not a huge fan until it hits the, the uh, key change and the chorus comes in. Like, that's when it mm. really comes together for me. Like the rest of the... The majority of the song, I'm like, hmm, mm. it, it was an <laughs> inspirational ballad. And R. Kelly is not <laughs> a man who sounds very inspirational. Or maybe that's judging because of all the contextual knowledge, but he always seems a lot more. Comfortable I mean, yeah, doing the... the steamy stuff than the
1: dreamy stuff, you know. Right, right. No, that's fair, and it does it does make me, it does very much lower that song in my eyes as well. Like, almost regretfully enjoy it i'm not yeah. i'm not one of those people who's really able to separate the art from the artist very well <laughs> it's like what i know it just like it paints it that way yeah yeah there's i don't
0: know i don't i'm still not entirely sure where and you know, that i'll have to do some deep pondering and probably throw out my david Bowie cds
1: <laughs> yeah. it's, i mean you know it's tough it's tough it's uh but uh what do you what do you think about bugging? It was not in the movie, but was on the soundtrack. You know
0: You know, it is it is a very dumb song. I have I have to be honest. It's it's Bugs Bunny having a rap song. It's it's a very silly thing, it is but like and also the beat sort of changed the sample, old school incidental music from Looney Tunes, but like It's actually not entirely terrible to me, at least. Like, (laughs) of all the classic cartoon characters, Bugs Bunny seems the most likely to be in tune with hip-hop, because, you know, he's an unflappable rogue who engages in wordplay and, like, dupes his opponents. That's a very sort of, you know, old-school hip-hop mentality as opposed to others who have tried their hands, like uh, Fatty from Ferngully or Mickey Mouse. They don't listen to rap. But Bugs Bunny is... listens to rap, or at least he listens there's to Big Bad Daddy Kane. Like he listens to the rappers in the '80s, and it's like this is real
1: hip hop. Oh yeah, there's no way Mickey Mouse would listen to rap. I, <laughs> I can't believe that for a second. That guy is way, uh, way too white for that. Um, oh, I, I like Bugs, Bugs Bunny. Are... <laughs> oh, oh, he it would. He would. he would. He would. He would do that. <laughs> but uh Bugs Bunny. Uh, for sure. I can definitely see Bugs Bunny doing rap. Like, I like the idea conceptually. If for me, <laughs> the execution wasn't there personally, but like I could totally see Bugs Bunny doing it. Like, but Oh yeah, that's definitely different
0: feel that I can only enjoy it in the most ironic of lenses.
1: That's fair. And you know, I, I tried to enjoy it ironically, but then I turned inside out and I, I had it, that was a problem. I had to I had to bring myself back together and just uh, make myself uh normal and realigned again. So I tried, but my body just reacted violently in response. Yeah. So what can I what can you do when that happens?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's the Angelo on here. He's a very mature artist. He's like a neo soul guy who writes songs about love and being deep and stuff. And then here he is on Space Jam. <laughs> My personal theory is that there was like a very cynical side ploy to make Looney Tunes more marketable in African American demographics, which like, mm. the movie itself is like pretty innocuous. You know, it's like just playing basketball, but considering. The focus on hip-hop and R&B, plus some of the choices like D'Angelo, and also Quad City DJs who only ever really have the one song to begin with, and also the, the uh, gangster Tasmanian Devil t-shirts, starting to build up a case that's like, hmm,
1: hmm. I can see it, honestly, like, especially for, yeah, like, what the soundtrack is. It's like, you know it's like, oh, what is this demographic like basketball you know what they also like uh, rb r and b and hip hop so let's do that you know it, it feels like it's sort of going for that uh like very like trying to trying to get that sort of i don't know I don't know uh I don't know what the word for it would be but i I definitely got that kind of feel of it as well as it's going through the soundtrack because it's like' feel like oh, some of these songs don't have some of these songs that aren't as the only thing they have in common is that they're from the nineties and <laughs> you know, they're R and B. so like I'm not sure why they're why they are here.
0: <laughs> except yeah.
1: except for, for that reason. And it's yeah, just like it's... like how does this fit with the theme of the film though? Oh, was I was
0: just re- gonna do the one final pin was that like it really just like I don't think it was much more nefarious than a boardroom executive being like uh like, reading through the Hot 100 and picking a random name and being like, that guy probably has songs that would be good for this, and throwing it on. But yeah, sorry, go uh, ahead.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Probably, probably not some deep conspiracy thing, but, like, yeah. you know, it's interesting. See patterns, yeah. try to be like, hmm, we're thinking about this. But, uh, I mean, I guess for my final notes is, like, uh, I enjoy the soundtrack. Um, like, overall... I would say it's uh, middling, but there's some really, like, nice high points that I really enjoy, and there's, um, and it's, and it's a fun time, it's not trying to be anything, it's not, it's not trying to be, like, much, I, it's not trying to be deeper than it is, but it is uh, trying to be a good time, and I would say it succeeds at that. Yeah, it's definitely
0: a really fun one, Yeah, like, exactly what you say, like, high points, and, like, as long as you don't take it too seriously. And mo- mostly I stick to, you know, my personal favorites. That's part of why I picked it, because I wanted, you know, there's not really any other project that has Fly Like an Eagle by Seal or some of these other songs, but yeah, it's really nice time. All right, and great, speaking, speaking of time, that's about all the times we have for today, folks. The albums we listened to were the Jurassic Park soundtrack by John Williams and Space Jam soundtrack. I'm Caleb Clark. And I'm Jordan nee. Thank you for coming to the Billy Shears Club. Bye!